Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, the 21st of May, 2021. And on this report, I will be talking about the first 100 days of the Biden administration. These are the halcyon days for the administration, at least traditionally. We should therefore take a look at how things are going, what has been accomplished so far. Things are going well for the Castle family, that's for sure, as we start the transition away from a mass society to an unmasked one. So far, so good for us here in the River City, but out in California, the family daughter continues under the reign of Governor Gavin Newsom, but in all things being said, we're doing quite well. The first 100 days are traditionally a time of idyllic peace, goodwill for an incoming new president. The press does not question them too forcefully. He's allowed time to get his bearings, to adapt to being emperor of the world. However, when a president signs 33 executive orders within one week of taking office, most of those on the first day, he has, in my opinion, waived any right to favorable treatment he might otherwise have had because he has essentially converted himself from executive leader to chief legislator in one week. His actions are in violation of the Constitution. So his first action after taking the oath of office was to violate that oath. I saw a meme the other day that kind of sums up what the Biden presidency means to date. Quote, from energy independence for the first time in 50 years to gas shortages in four months, quite an accomplishment, end quote. Now I let former President Trump put his two cents worth in. Quote, I see everybody is comparing Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter. It would seem to me that is very unfair to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy mishandled crisis after crisis, but Biden has created crisis after crisis. First, there was the Biden border crisis that he refuses to call a crisis. Then the Biden economic crisis. Then the Biden-Israel crisis. Now the Biden gas crisis. Joe Biden has had the worst start of any president in U.S. history, and someday... They will compare future disasters to the Biden administration. But no, Jimmy was better, end quote. My guess is that a lot of Democrat politicians secretly see that quote from President Trump and say they hate him more when he is right. There's a lot of correct information in that quote if you leave out the references to Jimmy Carter and to being the worst in history. Impossible to know or judge these things, but... Let's look at some of the allegations one at a time, see if we can find any truth in any of them. The Biden border crisis, as Mr. Trump calls it, seems to be virtually all Joe Biden's fault, or at least the fault of those puppet masters who manipulate the strings. Estimates are that more than 100,000 have crossed the border in the first 100 days. I would like to say they crossed illegally, but the truth is they were invited here. I believe the first executive order that the new president signed was one completely opening the borders. That means to anyone from anywhere, no matter what their intentions upon entering this country, no one was permitted to inquire about those things. Tens of thousands of children without parents have crossed the border. Thousands being held in cages at the border until the federal government could find Employees from the Departments of Interior and Agriculture, among others, who would agree to take care of these children. Twenty state governors have told the administration their states cannot take any more illegal immigrant children. What kind of country allows parents to send small children across a desert without any escort to try to find someone to take them into America? What kind of leader 
would allow that. I wonder if it has occurred to anyone besides me that the entire border disaster gives the lie to the idea that America is a systemically racist country and cannot be reformed because racism is in white DNA, i.e. critical race theory. A lot of Mexican people don't seem to see that theory. At least they don't mind. They're willing to cross deserts and tear hardships for months, even years, just for the opportunity to get here and experience what this wonderful country has to offer them. The border invasion invited by the Biden administration is a catastrophe of epic dimensions. How can you have a country if you're unable to decide for yourself who crosses your border and who doesn't? If I want to be open and inviting to people in my home, I at least reserve the right to decide for myself who sleeps there. Other than diluting Republican voters and adding more Democrat voters, I don't see why a man would so callously devalue his own country. Last Sunday, May 16th, the New York Times reported that 160 different countries, people from those countries seen crossing the border from Mexico into the United States. It's so irresponsible, so uncaring. It's hard to overstate it. During the time when this crisis at the border has been happening, the administration has refused to acknowledge it or even to refer to it as a crisis. Oh, the president did appoint Vice President Harris to, quote, handle it, but she has refused to even visit the place. I guess the border might be just a little rough and nasty for her sensibilities. Once again, the Democrats insist on being protected from the damage their policies cause. In fairness to the vice president, she agreed to, quote, look into what was causing all these people to want to leave Mexico, as if poverty, low wages, no opportunity versus a wonderful country with tremendous piles of free money was not obvious. Results from the border crisis, there is no border. The second crisis that we listed was the economic crisis. Here, our president is caught on the horns of a dilemma squarely in the middle of what the press during the Carter years referred to as the misery index. By that, I mean the big three, interest rates, inflation, unemployment, all in double digits at the same time. Interest rates need to go up to chill inflation, especially on critical items such as food and fuel. But the Federal Reserve cannot raise rates right now. Biden is doomed. He's doomed if he does, and he's doomed if he doesn't. So the prospects look Rather difficult and very bleak, inflation is raging. Anyone can see it. Food and fuel are skyrocketing in cost due to supply chain problems, energy production problems, transport problems, but primarily to flooding the country with excess money. Also, factors such as the virus and to insane environmental policies and Democrat grandstanding on pipelines. Inflation of food, fuel and food prices cannot be allowed to accelerate to the point where food stamps will not buy enough to feed a family or the administration will be risking violence, chaos. The way to kill inflation when it's running away from you is the way Paul Volcker did it. Back when he was Fed chairman under Reagan, when he took office in 1981, inflation was about 15%. By 1983, headed down to 3%. He was able to accomplish that because he had the backing of Reagan, and he was not afraid to be hated. He was hated by those who knew it was going to cause pain to cure the disease caused by others, but to not endure the pain meant the death of the patient. He raised interest rates to 20% so that housing industry dried up, unemployment ran above 10%, 
for a while and the economy sunk temporarily into recession. The plan took about three years, but it worked and it launched an economic boom that resulted in Reagan being reelected by a landslide. Right now, if the Fed at the urging of the Biden administration raised interest rates to counter inflation, it would put the government on very shaky ground regarding debt service, according to the Office of Management and Budget. This fiscal year's spending is projected at $4.829 trillion, of which $378 billion is debt service, or 7.8% of the budget. That is without the trillions in new spending authorized by the administration and with interest rates at current near-zero levels. To halt inflation, as Volcker did, by raising rates, the rates would have to go up significantly until debt service ain't most or all of the budget. Instead, the administration will try to accomplish it by raising taxes at the same time they pump new money into the economy. The administration is on a dangerous knife edge. Balancing. It will be very difficult to come out of that balance without disaster. The gas crisis takes us back to the meme about the transition from energy independence to gas lines. President Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline <clears throat> with an executive order on his first day in office, which was obviously to send a symbolic message. I suppose the message, both symbolic and real, is that we would reject energy independence in favor of foreign purchases, never mind that the foreign purchases involve alliances with the Saudis and a constant military involvement in the Middle East. I might say that the other message he was trying to send was that if Trump was in favor of it, even if it was good for the country and the majority of people, he was against it. Canceling the pipeline dooms the U.S. to foreign dependence, unless, of course, the utopian dreams of green energy materialize to save us. For the government officials elected to represent us, to tell us that we must completely alter our way of life so that in 10 to 15 years we will all be electric. Hopefully all that falls on deaf ears, the recent ransomware attack on the pipeline that services the East Coast sent much of the eastern U.S. into gas lines. A recent freighter that bottomed in the Suez Canal disrupted 12% of the world's shipping. The lesson in all this is that energy and food supplies are fragile. They're fragile in this world right now. Bureaucratic blocks are not what we need. The bridge that spans the Mississippi River from my city of Memphis to the Arkansas side with Interstate 40 crossing that bridge has been discovered to have a crack or a fault in it, so it's closed. All cross-river traffic is diverted to the old bridge, which causes Massive traffic jams. This will continue for months at least. Barge traffic was temporarily halted upriver. More than 1,000 barges carrying materials from all over the world into the nation's heartland stop. The result is that people are becoming aware of rapidly increasing prices. Panic can be seen just around the edges. In addition to disruption in, in the supply chain and the necessity to send troops into other people's ethnic wars. The efforts to shut down American production cost tens of thousands of jobs. When told those high-paying jobs in the oil fields are being lost, a new climate czar, John Kerry, reportedly said that they could work in solar fields. Yes, John, thank you. Solar fields. An honest answer would have been, we don't care what happens to those people, but 
we will create some computer blips and give them away so that everyone will continue to vote Democrat because we're generous. We're not like those tight-fisted Republicans. What about the end of the internal combustion engine the president keeps talking about? You in favor of that, folks? Do you own a Tesla or some other electric car? Well, neither do I. And from what I understand, those cars have a rather limited range, which would serve to limit the mobility of Americans. First, you tell us we can't fly. But if we do, we have only a limited destination. Then you tell us we can't drive. But if we do, the trip must be very short. <clears throat> In the meantime, <clears throat> you have your armored limousines. You have your Air Force jets all funded by the labor of hardworking Americans, by those who still are fortunate enough to have jobs, at least. I hope someday enough of us get sick of it. We get so sick of it, we stop putting up with it. In conclusion, folks, propaganda, critical race theory, cancel culture, woke culture, other such idiocies are all subjects for another day, another castle report. The issue of the deep divisions within America, within American society, so that we no longer are one people with one common purpose. It's all on Obama-Biden administrations. They have not been content to just divide us. No, no, they could not rest until we all hated each other. My assessment of the first 100 days is that it is a disaster of epic proportions. The legacies of Barack Obama and Joe Biden will be that they made the American people hate each other. With regard to President Biden, he accomplished that in only 100 days. Finally, folks. How could President Biden make things worse than he already has? It'd be tough, but I'll wager he's up to it. He could start a war with Russia or China. That would certainly make things worse. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.